Hey everyone, Robert Nixon here with uh, Kath Catherine Slick, formerly Catherine Welsh. She just got married, so congratulations. Thank you. She's with Best Mortgages for You. Um, we're just going to ask her a couple questions. Mortgage Center. Yeah, Best Mortgages for You, but she's with the Mortgage Center. Um, on Dogwood and. Uh, 11th. 11th. Dogwood and 11th. Bottom Ave. of the Hill. Bottom of the Hill. Do you want to introduce yourself? Okay, yeah, Catherine Flick. I work at the Mortgage Center bottom of Dogwood at 11th, and it's a little blue building. Um, there's parking out back. You can come visit me anytime. Cool. So she's a mortgage broker, obviously, in Campbell River. Lots of changes lately. How long have you been a broker for? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. I've so been at the Mortgage Center for two. Still new, kind of, like me, about the same time as me in real estate. Well, new it's an industry of forever learning, so. Yeah, exactly. It's. Where are you passionate about being a mortgage broker? Uh, well, I've always worked in the service industry. Uh, that's been the whole basis of my whole work career, and I like to help people. So, um, you know, helping people find and get their, you know, dream home is really satisfying. Yeah, similar to real estate, probably. So many, it's challenging sometimes when I want to overcome those challenges with people. The end result they're happy with it is rewarding, I'm sure, right? Yeah, especially on the hard <laughs> ones that take a little bit extra. Yeah, looking at some fun ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on all ends, what made you decide to become a mortgage broker? So you sort of went into that there, but did you have any banking experience before that? No. Okay, so what made you decide to become one? Uh, well, I was looking for ways to challenge myself. Uh, I wanted to make some changes. I wanted to do something that was really meaningful for me. And I met a friend in Mexico who was a broker, so I talked to her quite a bit about what she did. And and uh, huh? I'd love to say who it was. Yeah, yeah, that was Elaine Duke. Uh, she's uh -huh. within. She's in uh, Nanaimo, so you know. Um, but anyways, uh, I decided to take the course, and I've never looked back since. Awesome. I started the course in May of 2015. And then I wrote my exam in September, and I was licensed by the uh, first part of December of that year. Mm -hmm. Sorry, how long was that? How long did it take? Uh, well, it, you have two years, but I basically did it in four months. Yeah, I just studied like eight hours too. a day. They only give us a year, I think. Oh, really? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but you pass the test. I think it's pretty well the same test we do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. like the same course you guys do, too. It's not easy, and I think it's gotten harder. So, but I'm not going to pass it anyway, right? So, <laughs> uh, what, what can someone expect when applying for a mortgage? So that's a big one. I think we've seen lots of changes. There's lots of talk on whether the prime's going to go down, whether the stress test is going to go down, CMHC's offering yeah. incentives, again, with interest-free loans. So yes. Well, um, I wouldn't concern myself so much with all the rules. I mean, they're very important, but as far as the process goes, uh, it's good to meet and determine what you can qualify for and for me it's not about how much of a mortgage you can get because that's you know that's good except for really what is your budget what are you going to be comfortable for and then maybe we look for a mortgage in that um, that you know way so that you can meet all your financial obligations and keep your credit strong so once we find that out, then your realtor helps you find a house. And once you find the perfect dream home, 
your realtor writes an offer for you and then you or your realtor sends the offer to me and we submit to a lender for approval. Then, once we have an approval, you will maybe need an appraisal, a house inspection. Uh, during that time, we'll have a final document list that we need to collect to submit to the lenders. Um, once that is complete, we'll sign mortgage pay papers in my office and the lender will then instruct the papers to your lawyer or notary, which you choose, and then um, they will set up an appointment for you. They call you. You, during that time between, but right before your notary, then you go get your house insurance and bring your policy paper, and your notary will tell you all the things he needs you to bring, and then you will go in and sign and write your uh, notary a check. <laughs> Done. Peace. <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. I think I think something you probably need that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, something's important that I would think probably is when you do meet the first time when you ask for documents and stuff. Probably is making sure you just get all those documents to the brokers as quick as possible. Have everything in line. Make sure everything's truthful. Unfortunately, that has to be said maybe sometimes. And uh, let them do their job. Right? It shouldn't be too stressful. I mean, I know it can be. If you have a house to sell, especially yeah. stuff, and buy another one, there's all sorts of other workings yeah. of that. But um, just let them do their job. Make sure you get them everything they need, and they should be able to do it, right? I mean, yeah, it's important to get your documents in fairly quickly so that we can tell if there's a problem, especially because you'll have subject removal dates mm -hmm. that you need to abide by. And yeah, um, and that stuff that we send in, right? But mm -hmm. and uh, what about pre-approvals? Do you guys? I know some banks and some mortgage workers sometimes do approvals. Pre-approvals, some don't. I've been pushing for them a little bit more just because there's been so many financing changes and collapses and, um, mm -hmm. you know, for the client's time and everyone's time and the disappointment if they can't get a house or working on a $700 house and along with you either. And they can only afford four, then, mm -hmm. you know, let's set the bar a little high and then we get disappointed, right? Yeah. It's so, important for you to know what you qualify for. Yeah. And yes, we can do pre-approvals uh, for uh, people with certain lenders. Um, but we, uh, you know, once you pick a property, then the property will need to be approved by the lender. Yeah, every property. Mm -hmm. So if you have a pre-approval, that's a common mistake in it too. If you have a pre-approval, it's good. It means you're pre-approved for four or 600000 or whatever, but the property still has qualify. Right. And sometimes yeah. if there's issues, that might change. One thing that can affect your approval is, say, if, if the property has a shop on it and the shop is included in the value, um, if you have an appraisal and the house can't appraise at the purchase price uh, with the shop, then you need to mm -hmm. either collapse the deal because you may not have enough money or um, or you have to come up with more money. Yeah, something to keep in mind when you want a house in the shop and you're first going to buy it or something. Yeah. If they're attached to the house, sometimes they can't account or something. No, if they're attached, they're... Just you, right? Yeah, if, if the shop is attached, yeah. it's fine. Same with garages. If your garage is detached, then it doesn't... It it shouldn't mm -hmm. be in the purchase price. Yeah. And that's the same thing with acreages. If it's over a certain acreage, acres, they won't count. So bigger down payments is how you fix that problem. But if you're going to the shop, searching for a house with a shop with 5% down, it can affect that yeah. heavily, right? I wouldn't say not to try because sometimes um, the appraisal does come in fine, mm -hmm. but it would be something that you would discuss with me and your realtor so that we all knew that there could be a potential. 
for an issue. And as long as everybody knows and we're all up front with everything, then yeah, it's fine. Yeah, for sure. And then another thing is if you're under 20%, I believe, for most insurers, um, CMHC and stuff would be mm -hmm. their role. Yep, yeah, CMHC, Genworth, or Canada Guarantee. There's three insurers. Yeah, and they can be fun too. <laughs> yeah. And they cost more money if you don't have your mortgage, of course, but it's inevitable. Yeah, so in that case, if we were de say declined by the first insurer, we would have to find a different lender to go to the second insurer. And then if that didn't work, to go to a third one. After that, there's no options mm -hmm. because um, there's only three insurers. Yeah. Then you need 20% more after that. 20% down payment. Mm -hmm. So... Oh, we bring us well somewhere there, or was it? Um, oh, with the insurers, I don't know. We sort of went into what what should someone have in place before applying, I guess, for a mortgage. Which, yeah. I don't know if you want to go into that a little more detail. Uh, what? Uh, what? What they should have in place before applying. Oh, ah, uh, yeah. I would say. Do you have a checklist or anything? I I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like it's a printout that I do. You send to people and they go, okay, I got my notice of assessment. Yes. Yeah, I have a complete checklist of documents that is standard for every lender. And then once we have an approval, they may either ask for things that, you know, we don't have, but we can get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where I was going. Um, <laughs> obviously, CMHC and stuff where there can be some challenges like self-employment taking and stuff, right? And usually you need two years, right? Yeah. Two so. years. And then a steady income. They don't like to see a variance. Mm -hmm. So if you have 40000 last year and it's 80000 this year, they're really going to question yeah, they're why. And uh, so then it makes it difficult. Okay. It's pretty hard for self-employed sometimes because they're generally really hardworking people and um, the lenders do consider self-employment a slightly higher risk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Including us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell me about your first time helping someone with their mortgage application. My first time, it was one of my best friends. And we did a Purchase Plus improvements. <clears throat> um, she was uh, she was able to replace all her windows, uh, do her deck. Um, she got a great rate. It was, it was really a fantastic experience. So extra money on top of the purchase price for improvements. Yeah. Improvements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, anyways, it was a fantastic experience because it was my first mortgage ever, and we did it together. So it was it really helped out a lot because you know. And it was a big learning curve, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. My first, uh, you know, and I think my first offer I ever wrote was in this closing room right here, and it didn't come together. And it was an Asian guy who was really aggressive. And it was not the best experience, but I sure learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. But we won't go into details of that one. Uh, your greatest accomplishment being a mortgage broker? Oh, well, um, I had a lady with four jobs. The lender didn't find that having four jobs would be sustainable. <clears throat> Although she'd done it for years and years on end. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it took about, a, it took a few tries. And uh, then, oh, it wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And then the fourth time, I want to try again. And Different and lender, same lender. Different lender, yeah. and uh, yeah, we we got it done. It's it was really, huh. yeah, it was very it was good. And it doesn't not all things are the same. I don't think either. Like every lender can be different. It, it could depend on who the underwriter is. Is working with the file at the time too, maybe. Uh, well, at times, um, they just they have <laughs> different lenders have different guidelines. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. You know, some will accept some income, some won't. 
Um, so those are all the kind of things that we would assess, you know, whether you needed to use that income, like child tax credit and things like that. You know, we have some right. lenders that use that, that will allow that. And so. things like living allowance and stuff will be tough because mm -hmm. they're uh, not guaranteed, right? Yeah, the living allowance, they generally want a two-year average. Um, they won't just take it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, they will count it depending on the lender again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where you get into problems with documents, you know, and what you were talking about being pre-approved is is if a person brings only their pay stub in and you know we use the year to date mm -hmm. two year or two year to date and then the the employment letter says something differently then you know what you thought you could have qualified for maybe not what the lender will accept based on the job letter so right so the more documents you can bring in the better mm -hmm. the full picture of everything mm -hmm. for sure because it may vary yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, especially if you are raised or something recently and then you're able to assess it from the year before it'll reflect it. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to. Um, what are your long-term goals? Um, well, I'd like to continue to help people, <laughs> right? Um, put more people into their dream homes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, there's a, yeah, never mind. Um, any tips for someone who's interested in becoming a mortgage broker? Well, I would suggest, because I didn't realize <clears throat> that you need to actually have a degree in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest that while you're doing the course, pay close attention to marketing skills, because not only will you need those skills um, immediately, you know, but it's difficult. It's difficult if you're not a marketer and um, you're also learning the business at the same time. It just feels like you're you're doing two um, major type of careers at the same time. So business management, mm -hmm. business financing, business marketing, business yes, lead generation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean even in real estate, they don't. Well, they probably don't teach us. It's a pretty the same course of things, so they don't teach you a single thing when you're doing real estate course about writing not sorry I lied they've changed a bit now there's a post licensing course you do where they teach you a little bit but first time I wrote an offer and not write an offer I mean obviously you got help you have to right yes but you need you learn as you go and you basically I, I relate it back to being a mechanic because mm. I love journey having a mechanic right so it's basically a troubleshoot it like you look at the property and you look at the situation and you go okay it's in Sayward they have wells and septic fields. You're going to get well and septic fields subject to you to protect the person. I mean, it's kind of legal stuff, right? Yes. Or is it in Campbell River and it's got a uh, commercial building up for a few years? Or let's say it's got a residential building on it. It's being used for commercial or yeah. it's commercially zoned. That'd be hard or it's or... zoned agricultural, but it's actually residential. You yeah, know. that's a big financing issue, right? But yeah. writing the offer is not a big deal, but... Yeah, you just have to basically look at the, each one individually and figure it out, right? Yeah. And uh, cover your client's ass, basically, right? Yeah, it's, basically it's our job to protect people from mm -hmm. being sued, right? And it's really, Losing really money. difficult. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's always that For, way. Foreclosure that was like, couldn't get insurance and the roof was leaking and the old guy was still living there and he felt bad. And then, first time buyers and they know anything about buying property. <laughs> so some crazy things, right, that you just have to sort of figure out along the way and learn. But yeah, if you I mean you can take I think you can take courses 
for like a couple of years to get degrees in real estate and stuff before, but I didn't know enough about it to even do that, right? So mm -hmm. I definitely learned a lot and uh, had some help along the way. So yeah, study, 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 study before you start the course. Yep. Uh, maybe working in an office, like I know there's some assistant here that's just, I'm just sort of testing what she passed the yeah, but um, she was a student assistant for a year or something, right? So at least she okay. knows a lot of the back end stuff. Right. social you can go out a lot yeah <laughs> there you go um my coach was just talking about that. I mean my lab today he's like oh what are you gonna do for being social i joined the chamber of commerce that's exciting we're pretty cool um anything else that you can give people for tips or i don't know what you have to offer or oh well um, if they want to ask you you can just email you phone you probably google you facebook i'm on facebook I have a Google page. Yeah, um, you can message me. I, I'll answer any questions you have. You can call or you can text me. I respond well to text as well. And uh, anything you want to know, um, I'm here for you. Um, I meet people a lot after hours, weekends, you know, whenever it's convenient. Because a lot of people work. You know, nine to five. So. Yeah. Do you have most of your clients come in the office, or do you meet them for coffee? I meet or? them in the office. I meet them <coughs> out for coffee. That's sometimes really nice. Um, a little more natural, right? If someone's not comfortable or they're meeting or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So really. Cool. All right. Well, thanks. I don't know if anyone's watching, but have a great day and happy spring. Full moon last night and the first day of spring yesterday. Mm -hmm. Bye.